0: Alright, welcome back to the Spicy PL Podcast. This is episode fifty three. This is Big Babble. Here via Zoom with Big Joe Capolino and our friend down in Austin, Texas, Mr. Scott Dobbins.
1: Squad Dobbins.
0: Yeah, turn that stupid shit off, Joe.
1: <laughs> Alright, all right, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. Oh, no, he just I want it to all see your away. video. <laughs> but
0: uh we want to first mention that we're sponsored by Quest Nutrition and Athletics. And if you follow Joe and myself, and maybe Scott on Instagram, you may have noticed that Quest has finally brought Hardcore back in stock with a new, fresh label branding. And, uh, oh, yeah, they've got their BCAA product, and they've BCAA got extreme, and they've got nitrous and a couple flavors.
2: Love so, the Tris.
1: love it. I love the branding. Hardcore's been, uh, been a popular product for a long time and uh it's time for a refresh and um it looks good with the rest of the stack so i'll be stacking and um if you notice i think we talk shit about how like we don't have a spicy pl instagram quest doesn't have instagram yeah quest has an instagram now so we'll be posting that to our stories and stuff when there's news so um follow give them a follow and uh people have already messaged me about Ordering hardcore and stuff. Someone was like, "It's already sold out," and I was like, "That's impossible," but it's not. It's ready to go. So, um,
0: and if you want to try nitrous, comment on our YouTube, and we are still going to select. I think two for the. We already nitrous. got one.
1: The, we yeah. already got one. Yeah, but there's one more. There's one more to award.
0: Yeah, so so go ahead comment if you want us to send you some free shit. All right, check out it the was, YouTube.
2: Uh, Funniest comment on your video, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was it. We got some takers? We got a couple. Oh. Just a couple, dude. We want
1: it we want more before we 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 mail these things out. So yeah, what are I'm you sure gonna do? Oh, so, this is
2: episode fifty four, Bav. Oh, 54? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <It's See>? <laughs> oh shit, yeah, it's fifty-four.
0: Well, whatever. Yeah. People know. Fucking, they don't care what episode it is. <laughs> yeah, they do. they' are just just yeah. hungry. I had um, a feeling. I guess there's a reason we got Scott Scott on here. He's usually in the know on some of the uh, USAPL, IPF topics. At least he's well-researched and keeps, a, keeps his uh, finger on the pulse of the news. So um, we wanted to get him on and get his expert opinion of what's going on first off with the what USAPL and IPF. Well, I mean... You're the state chair in Texas. You you've been a member of the USAPL for quite some time. You're an international level athlete. You know you know a lot of the folks in the game.
2: That's true. Texas uh, is like the entire European Union. Anyway, it's basically
0: America for you. You know, basically
2: all of America. (laughs) It's the only part that matters.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, let's just kick it off with the IPF situation with the USAPL. I mean, since we last recorded a podcast, things were looking pretty dreary. We were saying all doom and gloom. Does it still look like that to you? At least
2: for the, ath- for, for the athletes, or still, for the USAPL. It's
1: still, it's still bad.
0: dude. It's still real bad. Oh,
2: it's yeah. But I don't, there's, I would be really surprised if somehow there was this big turnaround and everything was just going to be peaches and cream again. Mm-hmm. I don't expect that. Um, but I think, I mean, our organization is, what, 20,000 lifters and, like, a couple dozen administrators? Mm-hmm. So like, the lifters are the people that they're going to want to care about their own self being. So, they care about competing. That seems to be, you know, that's, that seems the most logical. And I think it's going to be okay for the lifters. I, I kind of feel it in my gut a little bit. I think it's, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be okay. And what I mean yeah. by that is I don't think anybody's going to be out any money. Okay.
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs> except maybe the USAPL getting fined or
2: something. What do, you, what do you think? Yeah, but that's the administration. That's not the lifter, right? Yeah.
1: Um, They'll also yeah. never pay a fine. I mean, yeah, like, let's back it up. Not. Like, what happened no. over the last few days? Like, um, you know, the uh, IPF, did they send a letter? And then, or and the or USA? USAPL responded to that letter with another letter basically saying, we're not going to comply. And basically like the, the bottom of the letter was like, you know, there doesn't seem to be a solution to the issue and separating might be uh, the best option. So meaning that the uh, USAPL is now kind of in words threatened to leave the IPF.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, there was, I don't think they posted the last, they haven't been 100% transparent in the last couple of days with what the IPF has exactly sent them. But they've they've kind of highlighted it in the press release that was a couple days ago, um, with the who the arbitration judge is and all all of that. Essentially, there's this um, USA Powerlifting does not like the way that this is going. Um, the IPF is has protocols for how to handle disciplinary things. Like there's a process, right, that you're supposed to go through. But it seems like they're accelerating that very quickly and kind of just making up their own rules. Yeah. And that apply. was with the,
1: the doping hearing committee of one person that was quickly right. appointed it's, over a couple of days. And then recommendations for suspension and fines was sent to that committee, which is just one person. So that's kind of the issue right now. And it's pretty funny. The USAPL like defined transparency, like <laughs> in, in their, there, like straight copy paste from the Merriam Webster dictionary and, uh, So they're just, they just kind of have, it's the IPF posted like this weird blue tile that says they're transparent and all member federations have to follow the same rules and turn off the comments. So that kind of like spurred this whole thing Mm -hmm. that's going on where like, who's more transparent, which I think it's obviously USAPL is more transparent in what they do. Um, And I think that's why kind of we're, you know, fighting this battle because we, we, do what we do and then we post what we do online and we brag about what we do, you know. Um, But yeah, so they don't like the process that's going on with this one person committee who is definitely going to listen to their recommendations. So what was the mechanism to get to the court of arbitration of sport? Just the USAPL file a complaint about this process?
2: So my understanding is this is outside of CAS, which is people call the court of arbitration for sport. They call it CAS for short. The way I'm reading this is this is outside of CAS. Like this is not a CAS thing. Um, My understanding of all of this is the IPF wants to get to a resolution as quickly as possible. And it seems like they're accelerating their timeline. Usually there's due process and this, that, and the other. And they're basically just changing the rules on the fly in order to come to a resolution quicker. And they're pursuing... Suspension or compliance, and it seems like nothing in between. It's not in their best interest to suspend us. We're the largest federation in the IPF, except maybe behind Rush as far as number of lifters go. It's in the IPF's best interest to keep us along, keep us in. Um, and... Yeah, that's why
1: their post kind of seemed weak. It was just like, we want to yeah. reiterate that. We want you to follow the rules. Thanks. <laughs> it was like, yeah, a, I was like, yeah, yeah,
2: I messaged you. I was like, yeah, I don't think they're going to suspend us. <laughs> no, yeah, they it it seem too, too soft to suspend us. Yeah. I mean, they'll most definitely suspend us. Um, <laughs> it's a game of chicken so, right now. So the there's the, the IPF doping committee thing. And going back to my previous point, I don't think that's a part of CAS. Literally, they're... I mean, I haven't read through the IPF constitution of bylaws in a while. It seems like they were like, okay, we need somebody to make a decision on this. And they picked a arbiter from CAS.
1: Oh, I see. So the arbiter is from CAS, but it's not going to CAS. So this guy is just independently overseeing this process.
2: Yeah. And so it's, it's actually not just a Joe Schmo. It's not somebody... Like, as far as I can tell, this guy has absolutely nothing to do with powerlifting, which is a, which is a good thing. Hmm. Um, this, is the absolutely
0: guy, n- this is the guy that you sent us, the Australian bloke.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the wig. Yeah. <laughs> this guy has a white wig. <laughs> yeah. So this is like your like 1700s looking British Empire. Like, man, like he definitely owns a lot of land. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: He looks like the Quaker Oats guy. Kinda.
2: So his, <laughs> so yeah, you did
0: so he did some background. What's this guy's name? You did some background research, right, Scott?
2: Yeah. So I did a little bit of research <sighs> on him over the past couple of days. His name is Judge Mark Williams, SC, which I think stands for Senior Counsel. Mm-hmm. Um, the Australian legal system is heavily intertwined with old school British law mm-hmm. and stuff. So a lot of their salutations don't make sense. But um, this is not just some dude off the street. Um, he is a real judge in um, Haymarket, New South Wales, which is basically Sydney. So it's a big city. So he's a he's a big, he's a big judge in a big city. Um, and he basically does sport arbitration, it seems kind of pro bono. So he's been involved in a lot of other cast cases with disputes with other international sporting federations. And he is not a powerlifter, but he is a rower. Hmm. So like the like the outdoor like crew type thing, whenever everybody's in a boat stroking it, he's competed in that for a long time. Apparently, he still competes at the master's level in rowing. So I, I make this point because he's an athlete. He's not just some guy that shows up in a sporting organization and is an administrator and has never competed and doesn't understand what it's like. And he was most recently in the news in the late 2020 because him and two other um, arbiters were the ones that made the decision for the Russian doping scandal. Yeah, this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to show the wig, dude. Yeah, yeah. He's a super sick wig. Um, yeah, so he was... So the way that, uh, for those of you who don't know, of course, if you've seen the documentary Icarus, Russia didn't really compete in the Rio Olympics, and they didn't really compete in the Tokyo Olympics, and that was because of uh, this huge Rusada and basically doping ring that was going on. And, and the what happened was, is whenever it went to CAS, and it was WADA versus Rusada, um, each side got to pick an arbiter, and both arbiters got to pick a third. And so Rusada picked this French-Iranian guy. um, Wada picked some uh, some other European guy, and then those two arbiters picked this guy to be like the neutral.
1: So this is the fucking guy.
2: This is the guy. Yeah. And so essentially, because of that, you would the the like both sides picked arbiters in that case that had ruled in their favor, like in their kind of interests before. the The French-Iranian judge had absolved like 24 athletes from the Sochi Winter Olympics from doping charges. Um, So the Russians picked him to be their arbiter. So this was like a, this is considered a like a very neutral person in the world of sports arbitration. Mm. And so of course, if you've watched any of the Olympics, you saw that there was no Russian flag or anything like that in Tokyo or
0: But everyone knew it was
2: Russia. It was like ROC. It was like, what the hell is ROC? Oh, Russia. The Russian Olympic Committee. Yeah. And so I went through and did some digging and I found the actual decision, like documentation for the Rusada versus Wada case. And it was really interesting to me because in here they they fine Rusada like $1.3 million, all this stuff. They say you can't have anybody from your government and leadership positions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, except there's quite a bit of space dedicated to your athletes can compete internationally if they do this. And that's why I feel like I have I have a better feeling about this from the athlete's perspective. Because um, I think what what my gut tells me is that this guy's going to rule in favor of the IPF. We're not water compliant because we're not. But he's not going to punish the athletes. He's going to say, athletes, you can compete internationally if you do these things. And, and for, for Russia, it involved a couple of things like they couldn't wear their flag on any of their clothing. They couldn't wear their country name and any language on their clothing. Um, they had to wear like neutral athlete attire. They couldn't, um, if they won anything, like they couldn't play a song that was associated with Russia at all.
1: Yeah. They played the Olympic anthem, I think if they won. Right.
2: Like I remember reading that the, uh, one of the, some sport for in Tokyo wanted to have bears on their outfit, and the Olympic Committee was like, bears are Russian, you can't do this. And Putin was like, <laughs> sick, they basically said, we own bears now. Yeah, awesome. We are bears. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's like cool and all, I'm like,
1: I would, I would definitely compete under those guidelines. Like, it is what it is. I didn't do anything. I Yeah. It's out of I'm our control. I'm not doping. I don't have any culpability of this. I think both sides are wrong, but at the end of the day, I want to compete. and. I was just like, I was thinking of a few scenarios in my head. Right. So raw world is like six weeks away. Yeah. So like what, what are we just going to get some white jumpsuits for those people and like throw them out there? Are they even be cool with that? Like when, when Taylor Atwood's Atwood and wins by 50 kilos, like, Oh, well, Taylor Atwood's not going, but I was just thinking when someone inevitably wins right yeah. from the U S um, they're not gonna what anthem are they gonna
2: play? They'll probably play that really shitty song that's just on repeat while you live. Because
1: like there's no like there's an Olympic anthem, but there's no <laughs> there's
2: no IPF anthem and we're not
1: in the Olympics. One.
2: You know, like that walkout song that's like Yeah, they're just gonna play that for like
1: two minutes. Probably. Let's play
0: the nutcracker or something.
1: I mean, someone's definitely gonna stick an American flag in their sweats and like pull it out like Blaine did in Dubai. Like, yeah. you know how you're not supposed to do that, which so is bullshit. that is
2: explicitly uh, prohibited for the Rusada yeah. stuff. However, in here it says like they're like these are these are professional. Oh, what's that? There he is, um, like these are these are professional judges, right? So like they're they put some reasonable clauses in here, like if basically like the venue and the IPF doesn't get punished if they tried to keep flags out from athletes. Um, like also it says that spectators can bring whatever they want in and just flail it. And that's fine. Yeah. Someone just bring a boom box with the national anthem.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's going to be strange. I think for six weeks turnaround time and whenever this happens, it's going to take a while for people to figure out what to do. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. I think people, if they want to compete, will compete. You know, maybe there's some people who are like, well, if I can't win and hear the anthem, I don't want to compete. I don't know. It seems like the Russian kind of mindset was like compete, win at all costs, like whatever we have to do. I don't know if everybody's like that. Like that's the mindset I have is like always compete. People know you're American, you know, Um, you're still representing. Is
0: there a time? Is there a timeline for when this is supposed to happen? Is there anything? published so in, time I,
2: i've been trying to get an answer on that today um in the press release but three days ago it said arbitration day and time is set with three days notice which was three days ago yeah so i assume it's happening in the like it either happened today or it's happening tomorrow
0: is it, is it just when they said it or it is set
2: It seems like it's set because at the beginning that press release, they're like, this is all of the shitty unsportsmanlike timing of all of this. Like the arbitration judge was appointed and we had one day notice, you know, then the judge was confirmed with two days notice. And then this day in time and set was a three day notice. Like, so it seems like it's moving really quickly. Um, I did hear through the grapevine that we are supposed to be getting an answer to this very soon. So I assume this is going to probably happen in the next couple of days. We might get a press release and maybe by this weekend or something.
1: Yeah. So I I just don't, yeah, I just don't really understand how it works. Like who's sending us to worlds, I guess. Yeah. Do we have to have a
0: committee? Are we allowed
1: is Townsend allowed to coach? Like he's the USAPL appointed head coach. Like, well, it says, yeah, athlete, Help is not, or whatever the term was. That's allowed. Athlete yeah. handlers are allowed, yeah. yeah. So I
2: guess it's fine. It's, they just want to, like, completely wash you of your country.
1: Yeah, and I'm just going
2: to wear a black T-shirt and look super lean, you know? Yeah, or, like, yeah. the World Games where everybody just wears Alico shirts because you have to. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, and anybody on the Raw World team that's going, one, they're already financially invested, like, they're committed, they're going to go, and all of them are high enough athletes, SVD or a seven or somebody will just be like, here's a black singlet, whatever.
1: Yeah, so that's true. Go. I need to get a difference. I have like singlets that are super American or quest. <laughs> like those are both not allowed right now.
0: This is all if, right. It is all if, but if, yeah, if it's, it's hypothetical, ruling, if, if it's this same judge and his ruling in the case of Russia, where they were actually doping and it was like a state sponsored crazy thing, if that's what yeah. happened to them, then
2: we'd think that feel pretty good. hopefully you this guy would athletes. rule in, in favor
0: yeah. of the athletes, you
2: know? So like, yeah. which there's precedent of him doing. So yeah. that's why I feel, I actually feel good about it. I think that my, my gut tells me that for raw worlds and open worlds, Americans will be able to compete. I got to start you know, training. And if, <laughs> and if you, and if you win the bastard, walk up there and just start singing.
1: Yeah. You know, when Bonica wins, I'm just going to, or Kelsey. I'm just gonna start singing, dude. Yeah. <laughs>
0: just get one of those uh old school Inzer jobs or one of those old wrestling singlets, like a brute
1: wrestling singlet. Yeah, just get the Mat Man. The Mat Man. The Mat the Man. Mat, mat, man. Man. mat yeah. good. Well, I was actually I was um looking at something Angelo Fortino posted and he was saying how like it's so stupid that there's people not like us, but you know, like I'm like I'm not pro IPF. I just don't think we should leave because I think, like, I'll state on other pods. I think both sides have their issues. Like, yeah. our non-third-party testing is suspect mm-hmm. um, for multiple levels. IPF doesn't do testing and doesn't want to comply. Everybody's wrong. So, like, yeah. why I just leave and stop competing? That's that's my point of view. Like, we need to get to the, the table and start negotiating and and partner up with Norway and Canada and Great Britain who have you know clean platforms. But are they um, signed on? Yeah, they signed on, but, you know, they they pay money out of their own pocket or, I don't know, Norway does more tests or does testing. They have, Canada has yeah. testing the report. Like, yeah, our problem is the size, but I think, yeah. you know, there has to be some middle ground where we're, we're not going to do no testing, right? We're going to start doing testing and then we have to work on how do we make it so more is required for everybody. But, I mean, or why is it $1,500 a test? You know, stuff like that because um, it's just, it's a piss test. Like, there's no way, you know, that was something I saw in a comment too online. Like, you know, if these labs are running, you know, a bunch of tests that you can do for grand and testing someone who knew, like you can do two tests yeah. an hour, you can do $25,000 in testing in a day. And like, it's just piss collection and and, and analysis. It's like, there's no way it costs that much. It's just, they're basically saying like WADA is a racket and they're trying to monopolize it. And that's why the price yeah. is so high because they can set the price because there's the only one who can sell the, who can sell the goods, right? The test. That's why everybody needs to be WADA compliant. But anyway, what I thought was interesting, what Angelo was posting, he was basically saying like, if you look at the classic world's roster, which I think the three of us should do a preview and another, on another pod when it gets closer, cause it is interesting, but like Kazakhstan and yeah. Iran are sending more athletes than ever. And usually they have, they only send a few athletes because they're all popping. (laughs) And like they, the 2018, 2017, they reported zero tests. 2018, they reported zero tests. Like 2019, they did three tests and they were all positive. And then the water report like left that out, like their national report and said it was just zeros, but like they would literally have a hundred percent positive rate. And now like, Something like Kazakhstan sending thirty-three lifters and Iran sending seventeen. Like, you know, the one Iranian who was in Dubai. Like, I I don't know if he got tested and popped or he just like looked like he had synthol on his shoulders. But there was no way he was natural, and I don't even care um, about saying that because it's just ridiculous at this point. So he was basically saying that why would we want to stay in the IPF? These countries are emboldened by the fact that no testing is required. And remember back in the days, well. Uh, well, at least probably when you were a junior, every weight class winner or world record setter at, a, at an IPF meet was tested. I mean, there was a time where everyone who won their weight class was at least tested. But now they don't even do that. And so it's like, what threat is there that you're going to get caught at an IPF meet, Yeah, you know?
2: Yeah, dude. It's, Kazakhstan's never sent this many people. Like, yeah, I'm, it's basically like the there, there, there's
1: got to be there's got to be there there might be a couple tests, but they're it's going to be hundred percent positives, and that's not good for the
2: sport either. Yeah, man. I mean, they. You remember what was it? It was like twenty twelve. Like they sent an entire team, like five guys somewhere, and they all popped for the same substance. And yeah, they
1: got, they, there was like five guys at Bench World in like twenty thirteen, yeah. and they all popped. The same but thing. they all like Luis was there. Maybe it was twenty four. Luis was there as one of the teams that Luis was on. It was like, dude, these guys, their arms look like they look like mm-hmm. IFBB pros, and like they're all benching crazy shit, wearing loose bench shirts, and then they all popped. But they were walking around looking like a fucking team of pro bodybuilders. But then it's no surprise when they pop. But they like they literally won't even test these guys because they don't need to. I don't know. So certainly sus. It sucks. I mean, we talked about this, like it sucks. Like I was saying, uh, we've obviously been talking about this on multiple occasions, but like we literally go to these meets knowing we're competing against guys who are using and we're still trying to win. Like it's like Rocky four for us. But like, (laughs) what are you supposed to do? Just lay down and throw your hands up and be like, I'm just going to compete at nationals or the Virginia pro meet. Like, What the fuck? You know? So I don't know. There ain't, there is no good answer, but hopefully we just get to do what we want to do, you know?
2: yeah man we'll show up I mean we don't have to worry about our outfits like we don't have star spangled <laughs> gear yeah we got. I'm sure that'll you know, be the least whatever, of your worries you can have whatever color you want as long as it's black <laughs>
1: yeah I'm worried about well what if I'm wearing a blue katana like they're gonna be like that's too fucking American <laughs>
2: yeah too American. No. they make get in Not two colors, colors. Like, yeah. Yeah, every like custom American logo Titan is done like that needs to be 10 feet away. You can't you can't wear any of those crazy eagle.
1: Yeah, I have an eagle single. Oh,
2: well, so maybe
0: Titan's going to be doing a lot of business because they're going to have to sell everybody new shit <laughs> that doesn't have American if, stuff on it. That
1: Inzer shirt that Alex has on, what if I wore that, you know? It's, yeah, too
2: American, <laughs> it's too, <laughs> American. too American. It's too American. Way too American. But Inzer's an
1: approved logo, so, yeah. so, you know.
2: It's an approved
1: word. Anyway. I don't, I don't know. know. It's,
0: it's, a, it's It might not be... It might not be the same ruling because the Russia stuff was a state-sponsored thing. Like, this is a USAPL thing. This isn't like a USA thing,
2: right? So, like, it might just be... But in both of them, like, the athletes are not the ones pulling the strings.
0: Yeah, I, I I think it makes sense that they will rule in favor of the athletes, but... I don't, I don't necessarily think it's going to be the same, like the same thing, like stripping USA from,
1: from it. Like, yeah. you know, I think that's worst case. That's worst case. I think probably what's going to happen and will leave us all scratching our heads. It's that the judge is going to rule that we have to be compliant by some timeline. And then this is just going to stretch out even longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or have to, or
2: some ultimatum at the end of that. Yeah. Cause know? how can
1: you suspend a federation that technically hasn't, they've done something wrong, but it's not to the level of doping your athletes. Like yeah. it's the fact it's yeah. like unauthorized. It's, it comes down to how serious of a crime is an unauthorized test. I mean, you yeah. know,
0: or, or this guy could just laugh and say like, IPF, you're, you're fucked up.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> nah, I don't think so. Nah. I think a guy who's in this scene of international sport, he's not going to say like oh, a lot of compliance doesn't matter.
2: You know? Yeah. In the Rusada ruling, he specifically says, you are found to not be water compliant.
1: (laughs) I think there's some outsiders, people that aren't like maybe in strength sports or not in, you know, or so like know about water or have been drug tested as an athlete before. They might think that water is doing a good job, you know, Uh, there's certainly Canadian and, and, and UK lifters saying, why can't the U S just get on board? Like we do this, this and this, and it's not that hard and we're clean and all this stuff. So I don't know, but, um, yeah, we don't have to talk about that stuff, yeah. but like, it seems like there are some people who are like, think WADA is a good thing, but you know, I think, I don't think WADA is a good thing, but it's all that there really is. So it's something, <clears throat> yeah, it's something. It's, something, it's something, I don't know. It might be, it's a better mechanism than running your own testing. Like I said, I think the corruption that could happen in one party testing is worse than overpaying for a third-party test at the end of the day it's just we need to get the it's it's the math it's the numbers yeah but i mean is there
0: there an outside chance that rule that what the usapl is proposing is okay that the elite level athletes and like there's a separation in the federation for international level athletes and and local athletes
2: Hmm. like i don't think so i mean i think
1: like, Just because it's a good idea doesn't mean it's going to be like everybody's going to acknowledge yeah. it's a good idea. That's the way like red tape and politics works, unfortunately.
2: Yeah. The, the I was really taken aback by the the statement that the USAPLEC proposed the split federation, which was they would cut it into two different groups. And what the, the point of that was to mirror um, professional sports. So, Kevin Durant is not water tested, you know, 10 months out of the year. Like Kevin Durant is only water tested when he's part of team USA, which is under the Olympic umbrella. And then he's subject to all of that. But then every other period in time, like he's not bound by water stuff and they're, they're fine with that. Um, and whenever the similar pro, like proposed split was, okay, we'll have two separate organizations. So we'll have USA Powerlifting, which will basically handle like local level contest. And then we'll have this national, basically like path to the IPF organization, like the Team USA version for powerlifting. And the IPF rejected that as like, no, that's not a thing. Like you, no, no, nobody does that. And they're like the NFL or the NBA, the NHL, like pro ten, like tennis, like all these other people do this. And they're like, no, no, that's not a thing. That's not real. Yeah. Like, I don't think you know, LeBron James, like the same, you, like you saw the guy that's coming to get me is going to get LeBron James. Like he can't get within 300 feet of LeBron James' house. Yeah. And they're not, yeah. They don't. So, and so, but the, the unofficial answer I've heard is that There's TV contracts associated with the Olympic games when you have these high profile professional athletes playing that bring in revenue. And so they just let it slide.
1: Yeah, that's, that's what we heard. So like we were, we were kind of saying we had like a 10% chance of lifting at worlds at one point. You think, I think this news brings our chances up to like 60%. Yeah. I feel good about it. You have a ticket booked. I don't.
2: But yeah, I'm going one way or another. I'm either going to go and I'm lift, or I'm going to go and like throw tomatoes at the IPFEC and like <laughs> go on fire and go on vacation.
0: Well, we know for sure that at least one American lifter is going to be lifting. Yeah, we got to
2: we got to talk. We got to talk about our <laughs> boy Ian, dude. <laughs>
0: we know for sure that at least one of those tickets did he, is going to get. Did crashed. he jump
2: the? Did he jump the gun? Or uh, maybe, but 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 the thing is is uh our, our boy ian defected um he left the union he's Go lifting ahead. for
1: u.s virgin islands he's nominated as u.s virgin islands lifter which yeah. that first happened a few years ago when kim walford was like i hate the usapl and they whatever worried. whatever uh-huh. like i don't agree with what she did because it's just a bunch of he said she said bullshit. but you know and to be an american and then kind of not lift for for america that's kind of BS. are
0: there any penalty? Like is there anything that happens if you do that? Like can you not come back to the USAPL?
2: Yeah. That's exactly right. You under that, the current That's what rules, I heard. You basically like light your membership card on fire and it's a one it's a one-way ticket out. However, I would think that if, you know, if I was a, you know, reasonable person, I would show a little bit of grace in a time like this. Because they they gave Ian like a deadline, like you have to accept your spot or not, and I think that was like a week ago or something. Well, yeah. that
1: wasn't specific to Ian; that was all of us. It's just that we accepted when we got oh, to really it. Scott. Oh, yeah, okay. I, yeah. There was a deadline of I don't know
2: August 10th or some shit. Yeah, and so when that with that deadline approaching, he undoubtedly made the decision based on that, and he t- he went with the sure thing. He, he bet one dollar, you know, and the Price is Right, and.
1: Yeah, I mean he's definitely going. I mean that's yeah, the end of the going, day. Like, like Ian mm-hmm. Bell's competing in Norway. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, yeah. I guess his goal is World Games, World Games. right? Yeah. And then he's gonna be I, he's gonna be in Japan for like a couple of years and
2: yeah. I like
0: for we should get Ian
1: on. We should get Ian on. But like, I feel like he did the World Games in 2017, and then he didn't do another series. I mean, he did a couple local meets warming up for another World Games run, but he didn't really compete nationally until four years later so he basically just took a break in between world game cycles so like he's either gonna go away for four years again or retire i mean i talked to him about it we're like you know we're young men but we're busted up from long lifting careers and training like idiots and you know doing crazy stuff so Mm -hmm. tall long-legged lifters you know our hips are messed up permanently so I don't know. I don't think maybe he doesn't care. You know, I'd like to. I'd, yeah. He was kind of quiet about it in our little group message that we always have going. Yeah. But uh, I'd like have, to get him on on here later. How's the
0: saying go? A bird in hand is better than two in the tree or something like that? In two in the, in the bush. bush? The tree. <laughs> I don't know. Bird. That's why yeah. I was asking. I forget this shit. Yeah, his, two in the
2: bush? Yeah. yeah, I don't blame him. I probably would have done the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just in case I I How do you acquire, get on
0: that team? You know, does he have yeah, Virgin I, Island blood?
2: Yeah. No, I, I'm pretty sure you just DM Kim Walford and say, I want to be a part of this, and that's all the process. You don't well, need that wasn't was an option for me then. You don't she need a me. you
0: don't need a residency, you don't need anything.
2: No. no. So
1: I asked about the Italian team. I was kind of more curious. I I was like, Well, and I was like talking to Babel and Luis. I was like, I don't think I'd ever go to Worlds and not live with like, as, like for Townsend at this point. Like, I've done seven with Townsend plus a World Games. It'd just be messed up. And like, I'm not that desperate either, but like, I would have to go to Italy, get established residency in my where my dad lives, which would be easy because I can just say I live with my father at his address, which um, he's there now. But then um, I'd have to do a meet in Italy and then they would nominate me. I was like, well, that would just take way too long and I yeah. don't even want this. But I did inquire because I was like, if this all goes to shit completely and we don't lift at Worlds for the next two years, I can at least do one more meet and then retire. Yeah. But it looks like that it's not going to come to that, you know? So... I think every country is different. Like we at jokingly, we asked like a Norwegian coach at worlds, like, how do we live for Norway? Norway is sick. right? We love Norway. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we were drunk at the Arnold with the Norwegian team. And she was like, you have to come to Norway, live there for seven years. Then you can apply for citizenship and then you can get on the team. I was like, damn, that's not worth it.
2: Wow. So I respect it.
1: Yeah. I respect it too, man. I take it seriously. So, I mean, I, I, our boy Ahmed, too, like that was an interesting decision, too, for him because he's been trying to make the team as, as a U.S. citizen, but he's lifted for Egypt before, and I'm sure he could have easily got nominated as Egyptian lifter. But since he made the team as American, he kind of stuck with us, which, should, you know, I'm sure he's been paying attention to what's going on but uh props to him too you know so too busy just squatting 400 yeah i I think he's too busy trying to whip my ass so it's like you know
2: (laughs) doing a rocky like four training montage in the ogre compound just thinking of you yeah Yeah. i I hope he gets to squat i hope he gets to lift man yeah we just want to see it at
1: this point i want to see that um squat yeah so i think i think In summary, our chances go up, but I think it's going to be a weird thing to navigate with the uniforms and the anthems and Mm -hmm. shit like that, the flag, whatever. But at the end of the day, I think we got to we got to do it.
0: So you're saying sixty? You're saying sixty percent? What do you think, Scott?
1: Man, I think it's like eighty-five. I feel good about it. I still, you know, I'm a I'm a pessimist. That's a pessimistic sixty percent.
0: Yeah, I don't know, man. I think it could go. We don't know. We really don't know. But I'd say probably seventy-five. You know.
2: Yeah. With all the data points I've got, Three out of four.
1: That's, that's what I'm, that's what I'm you're plotting your data in your little lab back there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm,
2: yeah. I'm plotting it. And this is my, did
0: you run a Monte Carlo simulation or something?
2: I'm, I'm building a model. I've, I've been training in AI. I've just been feeding it IPF Instagram posts. <laughs> yeah. So anyway,
1: please. I think we, we kind of brushed over this, but the reason we're doing this remote pod is because, um, we don't live together anymore, Alex. It's pretty sad. I've been pretty bored this week.
0: Yeah. I, I haven't set up my PlayStation. I I don't want to play Rocket League without you. Yeah. I haven't even <laughs> set up my TV.
1: It's quiet in here without Ronnie and uh and and you, no no video games. Mm-hmm. Cooking cooking for one, you know, every meal. Yeah. Nice. Shit like that.
0: You've been prepping um, you've been prepping good. You've been able to sleep. You, sleep I feel better? like
1: I'm gonna be Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely more disciplined. Like I'm going to be leaner and sleep better, but you know,
0: Luis came home
1: last night at like 3 AM and I just had to talk to him about his life because the kid's like a ghost right now. And I just had to get some info, but yeah. So I didn't sleep a lot last night, but that's all right. Um, but anyway, you, you moved like an hour away from here Mm -hmm. and, uh, we do plan to do the pod in person, but you know, in the midst of. You know, it is midweek, all the stuff going on, Scott coming on and um I'm gonna have to be traveling like an hour to do it. Um so it'll be probably like half and half or we'll try mm-hmm. as best we can to do. But just for everybody out there, this you know, if we have a guest, I might be remote be since we're Remoting someone in anyway, and if it's just going to be me and Alex, like the funny pods that we talk about stupid shit on, I'll go visit him on a Saturday, and then we're going to go gamble all day. So um, um. pray for us. <laughs> pray for us, pray for us, dude. Or at least I will. Well, I we'll, Alex is paying the we'll mortgage now.
0: <laughs> yeah, hopefully we'll do a live one with Scott too. You know.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Well there if, if we're really going to worlds, we gotta do another training camp. So mm-hmm. yeah, we gotta mm-hmm. have a camp. <laughs> we gotta have a camp. Anyway, I just wanna put that out there real quick before we just move on to other shit.
0: Yeah, man. Well, I had to get out of there. Uh I was in the living room. I was sleeping in a bunk like, bed a in the living room <laughs> for like a year and a half in this training compound that was like the COVID <laughs> lockdown. And after a certain point, you know, there was supposed to be an addition on the house or there was supposed to be, like, an open apartment in the house that I was eventually going to move into. And it was supposed to happen, like, many, many, many moons ago. And it didn't Fall
1: 2020, winter 2021,
0: this summer. It just never happened. Problems with the zoning and the contractor, then, you know, eviction of the uh, current tenants, they won't leave, and just, like, nightmares. So... I needed to get out of the bunk bed, you know, <laughs> and it's so I ended, up, I ended up buying a place. So I was able to save up some money thanks to Luis letting me crash in the living room. But uh, I couldn't do it. <laughs> couldn't do it for any longer.
1: Yeah. We all came away with like a fully functional gym because we spent so much money. So yeah, you have, you have, the you mean Luis were talking about this last night. You have the Lico set that we, Drove six hours each way for in the mm-hmm. peak COVID yeah. 2020, like April. And then also me and Luis had to schlep back and forth to Philly. <laughs> for nothing. <laughs> for collegiates in November. And we were fucking mad. And that was this pod. We were like, fuck Steve Mann. That's but, Steve Mann's
0: know,
1: we're, fault. We're, we're friends with Steve Mann again. I was just really angry last year. But you ha- now you have those plates. Those plates have a little history to them.
0: They so. do. I didn't, even, I didn't really even want them. I just wanted... I wanted some other stuff, but then we decided to split up all the equipment like evenly, like monetary va- value, and so I ended up with them. Sick.
1: I got the pristine ER rack. Yeah, you got the pristine Alico set. Alico set. Yeah. And Scott's Matt. Scott's probably like, God damn it, say Alico. But um, yeah, and Luis got to keep like all the junk, all the bodybuilding <laughs> stuff. Well, uh, all the. I didn't want to pull down. I didn't want to take the, the whole
0: gym. So like I took I took something that's worth a good value, but doesn't ruin your whole setup. You know, like I took the crappier yeah. combo rack. You guys have your nice ER, and I took the Leico, Leico set, and you guys still have plenty of rogues and pound plates and all sorts of stuff. So I think it worked. Yeah,
1: trains. It worked out. Train's been good.
0: I got I got some oh. sick equipment coming in. I'm gonna have a, a pretty pretty good gym up here in Pepperell. Pepper Mass.
1: I didn't know if you wanted to expose where you live, so I said an hour away. But yeah, it's in fucking middle of nowhere. Well, I'm,
0: not, I'm not sending anybody <laughs> my address, but you know, I can say yeah. the town.
1: Scott's Scott's real quick googling. It's yeah. sick,
0: dude. It's like I can walk to New Hampshire from here.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tax-free shopping, baby.
1: Alex hour. was <laughs> Alex was originally looking to move to Austin, and then he was like, well houses are kind of the same price if i moved to new hampshire so i'll just do that <laughs>
0: dude i was seriously looking at zillow like all the time because first of all like i was like oh there's a good chance i could probably keep my job remote but then that changed i had to i had to start going back into the office like pretty darn often even though they're still flexible and so i was like i like my job so i want to keep my job and for a decent commute and for a decent living space this is this is what i like i like the country I like some yeah, land. I got tub.
1: Uh... Oh, yeah. yeah, I gotta. We gotta. We gotta tub time it. Are you coming outside sa- You coming Saturday? It, it doesn't seem like it's a beach day, so yeah, I'll probably come up. Right. But I'll text you. To, I'll text you on Friday.
2: All right.
1: I'm getting the um, tub
2: ready. I'm, I'm oh, you're by about the Townsend State Forest. What? The Jamestown. Yeah, Jamestown State. Townsend Forest. State.
1: Yo, Natalie texted me today and was like, you guys should get Townsend on the pod. I'm like, you can't understand the man. I think you
0: can. I think I think I'd like to actually someone else is asking about getting Townsend on. But I think he he might not be as like open when it's in a public forum, you know, like I feel like he doesn't want to blow up, you know, blow up the spots and stuff, you know.
1: I'll give him a call. He has some really good stories from when he was like a junior lifter and shit. I
0: think, <laughs> so. yeah, I think it would be good. And like, even if he was a little bit restrained, you know, and sober and restrained, I think it would still be a very interesting it's yeah.
1: Not a bad idea. Yeah. All right. Let's fucking, let's talk about some fucking equip lifting, dude. Why don't we? Yeah. yeah. Let's keep it rolling. I think, um, not many people talked about this meet, but, oh. uh, Europeans happened and we're probably going to be the only podcast in the world to talk about what happened to Europeans, <laughs> which is sick. So um I've looked through the results and I was kind of paying attention to what happened. Um You know, I don't know, particularly these lifters who you know, they're, they're not that great, but you know, that 84
2: plus though, right there. Well, um, uh,
1: yeah, I think, the ones that stuck out to me was Hilda Haugen. I mean, I know we butchered her name, but she won the 57s. But And she also competed at um, Norwegian Nationals. That's why you might recognize that name. But I think she might have jumped up a weight class recently, and she's doing okay. Um, Larissa, dude. The GOAT, Larissa Soloviova. Her numbers are a little down, but um, still a 110 score. Keep in mind, this is probably the greatest – you know, other than what Corolla Garrett just did at Italian Nationals, this is like, you know, historically this is the greatest lifter on Formula, like any way you slice it. Quadruple oh. gold, man. Yeah, one. She's won four World Games. Yeah. Yeah, and she, uh, you know, who knows how many Worlds? But this is a great thing about Good Lift is, um, I can see her. So, she, you know, she's a little bit under her best, like 15 keys under her best on each lift can see she's won a lot of fucking she's won a lot of meats a lot of clean drug tests huh mm-hmm. that's something she anyway 2008 <laughs> yeah so the goat she won best lifter by it by a small margin i think you know at worlds that's gonna probably pump up 115 120 but uh just probably cruising i think a lot of the ukrainians they kind of just cruise yeah, eight, this is in a weird order because like 69 and 76 are down here, probably at the good lift like program doesn't is like holy shit, new eight classes and can't figure it out. But yeah. um, yeah, Ilya strick is back, dude. Look at that birth year, 1973.
2: Yeah. You know, I wow. thought she was
1: done. I thought she was done. Yeah.
2: Those calves are never done.
1: Yeah, but like that's a good squat for her. 235. I'm just gonna look at her best. Ever, oh, she did two sixty-two. Look at that! Yeah. Talk about you know some of the other issues we've been talking about. I didn't realize who, she won a couple. Who, who knows? Oh yeah, she she used to go had to have with Leanne Blinn all the time. They used to trade shots, you know. Um. Tatiana melnick I mean this this girl's really good. She finished second in the best lifter thing. I mean, oh she's, wow, that was close. Yeah, it's close. So some pretty pretty impressive stuff. But again, you know, not that many lifters on the women's equipped side, especially I think in this um usually Russia does Europeans, right,
2: Scott? Usually, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's weird that they didn't come. I don't know if it's a coronavirus thing or they just didn't want to go this year, but the Russians are missing from here. Um well this contest is usually earlier in the year. It's usually in May. Yeah. So I think maybe they just don't want to compete you know, so close. Like, so it is a lot of meats. I mean, we're 12 weeks out this is of open, open world. Nice. So Yeah. So, you know, obviously shout out to Larissa, you know, when I thought she was single, I slid in her DMs a few times and tried to learn Ukrainian, <laughs> but it didn't work out for me. Um Larry the goat. Yeah, dude, she's fine. She's fine. It's just that, that, that purebred. She's just, you know, yeah. she's purebred. Let's just leave it at that. Active, strong. Yeah, man. So then we go over the men's side. See, uh, Hassan Elbighetti is still doing it, man. Dude, how? You know? how? I don't know, dude. <laughs> I don't know. 46 years old, still pulling three ten at 66. It's pretty insane. Um, this one, 74, not a lot of competition. This guy kind of stinks, but I just think it's, you know, he won with an 83 score, but, uh, you don't see me. Luis made out with his girlfriend once at worlds. And then he, um, he tried to fight Luis and Elliot. He tried to fight Luis and Elliot. And then, uh, then the next, like a couple years later, I swear, this guy was on the side of, uh, one of my sessions at worlds and he was just tagging me with red lights. <laughs> worked out, worked out, but I, I swear it's because I was friends with Luis. Of course. Anyway, talk shit about talk set some spice, you know, um, 83. These two guys are fucking studly. They've beat they beat Newt last year um, at Worlds. So uh, this guy's really young.
2: Yeah,
1: Vlad uh, Vladislav Chorny.
2: Yeah, but again, their numbers are a little down. You know, look at that. It was a tie. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah, he's only weighing 80. He's a
2: he's a junior champion i think i want to say he did really well in Poland. yeah he yeah he lifted oh, in dubai. no actually too. No, he, no he went up a weight class he bombed in junior worlds in 19 i think can you see attempts yeah I clicked on that. maybe oh, you I want mean, to maybe
0: see? they're maybe they're kind of yeah
2: yeah i remember this guy yeah he bombed on dead worlds
1: yeah he bombed yeah, deadlift. deadlift yeah yeah Damn. i
2: remember i was there it's crazy but yeah
1: he's i thought he lived in dubai i guess not um, I must have met him. I remember meeting him, so I must have met him in Sweden. And yeah, he got fifth. He's a, he's a
2: solid young lifter. They, <laughs> I like how they drug tested him at Worlds when he bombed. He <laughs> got They're trying
0: him. to get the bomb pop. The bomb. Do It'll I have you, oh, I
1: let's go detailed, dude. Here you go. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, he he benched 230 to stay in the meet. So I mean, Newt's totaled more than this multiple times, but these guys. These guys will, will be up in those numbers. Yeah. So 93 was the shit people were losing their minds, right? Yeah. yeah. I'll like this guy on his second squad of 399 for a world record, Valdemir Risiev, who I think has won world multiple times. Yeah. Um, then Nikki Lentz.
2: He's been just showing up at your <laughs> – Yeah, 400 keys right after. He had the record before, didn't he? It was his. I don't know. I don't know,
1: but that's pretty. That's pretty insane at ninety three. I mean, you know,
0: that's fat. It, it yeah, up. but
1: then, but then you got this. He, I, um, <laughs> what, how do you say this guy's name? Musienko. It's, uh, it's Constantin Musienko. Musienko. He just opened at a world record bench.
2: Yeah. I, which I was this
1: at- was this Charlie Connor? No, no, no. Because that was at one hundred and five. This is somebody else. 326, 341, 351, that's the dumbest shit I've ever seen, like, not, like in a good way. Like, my bench PR is 350. Like, that's just so much at 93.
2: Uh, I saw this guy. He can. Com- he was in Junior Worlds in Canada in 19 as well, and I was in the warm-up room just watching him, and he's just – I mean, his ROM is just, like, a couple of inches. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, look, look, look at that fucking glow-up right there on the total. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm just
1: looking in Dubai – he benched 320.5, yeah, and then so he put 30 keys on the
2: bench. He's just, I mean, it's he's having to move it literally like three inches. He's got like a Nori. This would be like if Sean Noriega got an equipped lifting, like that would be him. That's right. true. So, you know. That's true.
1: So I mean, I don't doubt that it's possible. Like practicing in the shirt and controlling the shirt is everything. Yeah. But that's a big, you know, it's like 315, 320, 320, then 351 all of a sudden. I don't yeah. know. COVID, COVID was good to this young man, but. Um. Yeah. Born in 97.
2: He's also, what? Like he's still he's, in his in his early 20s. Like he could. Do he's nothing. 24. Yeah. Yeah. He could do nothing and get
1: strong. Yeah. So I mean, he ended up, you know,
2: winning. Yeah, setting a world record and getting second. That's pretty fucking legit. Well, yeah, he lost the world record and then got. Oh, and then yeah. set the world record total.
1: So he lost both no. those records and got second. Yeah, a couple of silvers. <laughs> But 93 is insane. You know, yeah. No, the Johnsons have their hands full. Let's just say yeah. that.
2: <laughs> Maybe if they combine Johnsons, they might be able
1: to. Yeah. 105s, you know, these guys totaled less than the 93s. So, you know, we have to spend time on. But I, this guy's good, Danilo Kovalov. Yeah. I mean, we just, he's.
2: We just call him Danny.
1: Yeah, Danny. He's good. Yeah. But, um, you know.
2: Ian will bust that out. Look at the, look at the ages on these Ukrainians right here at 83. Yeah. 20. Look how old these guy's, guys are. This guy's 25. Yeah. These are these are
1: young bucks. This Alan Grenier guy, I love this guy because he's so amped up. He, like, cries on the bench press. Like, when he sits down to, like, get set up, he's, like, so amped up. Like, uh, Luis saw him lift a bench rolls, Was like, yo, this guy's fucking tearing. I'm like, yo, I've had similar experiences where, like, you just feel so fucking amped that you start yeah. tearing. So, yeah, shout out to that guy. The French lifters are fucking crazy. You'd think they'd be all like polite and shit, but they're fucking wild. No, they're animals. Alexander Rubitz at 120. What do you think about that, Scott?
2: <laughs> I think 1037 is less than 1044. Um, yeah, I think so too. I don't know yeah. what these
1: numbers mean. This kid used to do like four four forty-seven so, at one at one oh five,
2: and now right. So it looks like at Ukrainian Nats a couple of months ago, he missed weight on accident. And mm-hmm. so he was, he basically, he set the highest formula score for a 120 ever and got second to Bechkov at Ukrainian Nats. Yeah. Uh, and so I guess he was obligated to lift at 120 for Europeans. And so I guess he just normally walks around at like whatever 105 and he was just waiting a little heavy. Yeah, um, 105 his squat three, three. was So I, he like, he posted a couple of days ago about an injury that he sustained in July. And based on like the translation and the photos, it was like, it looked like it was deep in his pec, like where it meets his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And he said that that was partially torn down in there. And so that he said that it, he did it on squat, which.
1: Yeah. The way they hold their, the bar, it's just right. like, it put so yeah. much stress on the shoulder.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I love squatting like that. It makes the weight feel like effortless, but obviously caught up with him, but it was strange because like he, he got smushed by that 4025. Like he got actually, like he couldn't stand up with that squat. Well, for some of these guys, you don't train, you don't train, you know? Yeah. And I mean, you could tell his bench was down too. He's benched more than that. So the shirt probably helped his shoulder a little bit, but not much. He's yeah. benched in the three. I feel like he's benched. Yeah. Well, his best bench press is 302, and
1: he benched 297. So, like, big fucking deal, right? I think he's missed a couple, like, 310s,
2: shit like that. Yeah, he was real. And his deadlifts were just, like, you could tell he was just wanted to get out of there. I went through and watched all this. I don't know if he's going to lift at 120 in Norway or not, or if they're going to double up with him in Beachkov. Uh,
1: yeah. Shout out to Sofian Belkacir. just still doing the thing. I know mm-hmm. you don't like it, but I like this guy a lot, you know.
2: I just don't like it's, he sticks his tongue out before he squats, man. I don't, I don't like and that. he
1: squats so uneven. Yeah. But like, yeah, and he's he will refuses to gain weight to 120. Like, just <laughs> eat more butter. Like you live in France. Like, just fucking yeah. get it going. And then <laughs> I was pretty glad to see this. Our boy Andre Yeah, such a good dude, man. And he uh sure. he looks like he looked at 450. I know that's a PR for him. That's a six squat. Um 340 bench might be a PR for him. So
2: I mean that's a solid total, man.
1: Yeah, he just didn't PR his deadlift, but right under, and then he PR'd his total. So pretty awesome for him. Glad to see it. He's just such a nice guy. We'll have him on the podcast at some point. He speaks he's better, yeah, he's better English than I do. Um, I was surprised to see Julian. Like, you know, first of all, get get beat by both these guys because Julian, you know, in in nor in uh. In uh, Dubai, it was totaling, I don't know, 11.55, 11,
2: 11. Well, yeah. His squat was down and his bench was really down. I know he had a shoulder injury. Yeah. I mean, wasn't he pressing like 3.40 in Dubai? 3.30?
1: 3.30. I think he missed 3.40. And obviously, you know, he takes these huge jumps. Uh, 11.48. He takes these huge jumps on the deadlift um, that if he misses one, it's it's kind of fucking, it's kind of over. But um, Yeah, he had to pull a world record deadlift to win. Oh, I see. That's why he went for 420.5.
2: Shit. Well, he did a 20 key jump on squat and cut it high and didn't get it. So yeah, he was down 20 keys, and then his bench it looks like that's literally all he could do because he missed it. Yeah, went 315. Oh, yeah. yeah. He put either shirt way, after his opener, to a you different know, bolt.
1: It could just be a tune-up meet. Like if if I was these guys, I probably wouldn't take Europeans that serious either. It's kind of like how I approach nationals, and you know, I passed two lifts at nationals and kind of a sandbagging a little bit and wasn't well-trained either. So maybe that's where he's at. I know he just had a kid too, but I was surprised. I thought I want to pick Julian to win, even though I know Andre's young and getting stronger again, Look at these ages, you know, 26 and 28. 21 um, dude. Jesus. Yeah. This Victor. guy, I gotta, I gotta study up on this guy.
0: Yeah. Who's this Victor
1: on Laney <laughs> I don't know, dude. Yeah, he's looking pretty stout though. (laughs) 21. Yeah, yeah, damn man. That's bad. He's just a dude, he's just another dude out of the factory, man. Like, it is what it
2: is. He's got 300 heels in his total in three years. That's pretty good. Yeah, so
1: anyway, that's it. You know, I feel like, um, equip Europeans pass we should cover these lifters, they're good lifters. And uh, I know our listeners want to know what they're doing. And some of our listeners are uh, going to compete against these guys at world. So there you go. You know, no, those guys are good. Yeah.
0: We missed a good segue before we were talking about the arbitrator
1: being Australian. <laughs> oh, well, we can just segue right into the other right. Australian.
0: Cause there was other Australian news of the spicy yeah. variety. And I think we've Ooh, talked yeah. about this kind of before a little bit maybe because you like you're well, like yeah. putting the perverts on blast
1: yeah you asked That's about it at the though. end of the last pod and it was like we were like at an hour and a half or something and i was just messaging with a, a lifter i coach lachlan what up, lachlan and you know he unfortunately we we're training for australian national supposed to be in august got moved to october then they canceled it and he went into lockdown and basically was like, Hey man, I can't really train. So let's take a break. But I, we still shoot the shit a little bit. And uh, he was like, Hey, you guys have to talk about this on the pod and send me this article. <laughs> I think a lot of people had this article. So it's not like secret and it's been out there for like a couple of weeks at this point. But yeah, I read through this and it's like Robert Wilkes, who's 67 had a sexual relationship with this 22 year old girl who was on the team. Yeah. He was coaching. Uh, he's a volunteer coach at um, Melbourne. Melbourne University Weightlifting and Powerlifting Club. And uh, the reason why it was so alarming is that when she filed her sexual harassment complaint, he like sued her for defamation. Yeah, which is a total dick move. Like if the
2: if the one thing you need to know about Wilkes is he loves suing people.
1: Yeah, I was like, on. The, I'm not going to bring up the Reddit, but I was on the Reddit and some guy was like, I'm so glad this is happening because Wilkes is just a litigious asshole.
2: <laughs> yeah, he loves suing people. He's been stunting the growth of all the Australian Powerlifting Union down there just berating them with lawsuits.
1: Yeah, so when someone calls you litigious, it's not a good thing.
2: Yeah, he sued the IPF trying to like seeking their destruction was the like the term in the. Well, the
1: background on this is like, so first of all, I mean, he's a volunteer coach at a um, university and he's 67 years old. So, you know, he had a relationship with a 22 year old girl. And I've said this before, I said this about specific situations that I've been involved with at safe sport here. Um, You know, I've coached a female powerlifting team for three years at our alma mater in in no way is anything – I you know, he didn't do anything legal by having a relationship with a 22-year-old. But in no way, even if it's harassment or not, which probably is, is it normal, acceptable? Like it's red flags for someone who is a – you know, and I, I say this all the time about the perverts in USAPL. They take their status as a coach and they're like kind of and, – and they're kind of like status or – you know their their control of their athletes and abuse that power into relationships and we see it all the time we see it here and now we're seeing it in australia in a really extreme situation where it's 55 years apart and this girl felt like she was you know coerced and forced to be in that sexual relationship because you know he was her coach i mean that's basically the summary this article yeah. is he basically would har- harass her, not let her off the phone till he she would agree to let him over her apartment, and then he would. Sh- this is cla- not to you know, it's stuff to, but to make fun of. But he would be like, "Oh, I, I'm taking a Viagra now. I'm coming over, like shit, yeah. like that." The guy that's 67. in this
0: article, though, right?
1: It's, it's in. The it's, in yeah, it's, it's in this because article. It's in this article.
0: and someone else came forward as well, like another another girl, like came yeah. Forward. And
1: also, there's things like this, like you know, he's abusing his power because. Not only is he her coach, but he's in charge of you know the entire powerlifting fed over there, hand picks the executive board. Um, so you know, um, basically everything is just catered to funnel up to him. Oh, and not anymore. He's just not anymore, but people are pissed because like the Australian powerlifting Fed hasn't, you know, what is the Fed called? I don't even know.
2: Powerlifting Australia.
1: Powerlifting Australia. It's not like they haven't posted or like said anything like um you know, about, you know, like dis, disassociating themselves with Robert Wilkes yet. But yeah. I'm assuming that's because he runs it. No, they yeah.
2: have. Yeah.
1: Like, they have? I mean, like okay. They,
2: they, they can't gone. necessarily. So the, Powerlifting Australia is different than other federations in that Powerlifting Australia is a registered business under Australian law that is owned by Robert Wilkes. Like he owns it. So he like, yeah, CEO, like he is the CEO, he owns the business. Um, And so he, so he, like he, he can step down and distance himself, but at the end of the day, it is his property. I believe it's the same way with world powerlifting. It is his property. Mm -hmm. And so he, I mean, he eventually stepped down and then one of his, like, because it's a business, they have a board, very similar to like a large corporation. And some other person stepped up and was an interim CEO, did some fire putting out, but you can't really put this fire out.
1: Yeah, so mm-hmm. this says, in response to questions to the five-person powering Australia board member, Mary McKean Mackin, declined to comment for privacy and legal reasons. So, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Five-member
1: so, board, that's it. Well, yeah, and then yeah, the, well, rep-
0: the replacement CEO, was like, stepped down after like a day, right? Yeah, he
2: he says that he just, whatever, got the affairs in order. And then I think the entire board resigned after that. Yeah. So it kind of sucks if
1: you're an Australian lifter. Like, you're on lockdown. You can't train. All the meets have been canceled. You're already not going to IPF for a long time. They haven't been. And uh, now their, like, federation is dissolved. It's fucking insane. Yeah. Um, So it kind of sucks.
2: A lot of their business now.
1: I mean, I bet they'll all be back in the IPF. I know there were a few lifters. There's a guy that lifted in the supers, but I think it's pretty much like you're on your own. Like the like, I don't know what Fed it's for, but it's it's the one that the IPF kind of like put in place with that yeah, Australian the, uh,
2: woman. That's the APU, the Australian Powerlifting Union, or Optum. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So like, they haven't seemed to pick up much steam.
2: A lot of people it's, like it's because Wilkes has been bombarding them with lawsuits, and he's yeah. still like the monopoly of powerlifting in Australia.
1: Yeah. So pretty crazy. Um, But it's funny because there's like so much background. Like as soon as this came out, I was not surprised because when he sued the IPF, it was it was over a lot of like abusive athletes thing. So he tried to like paint himself as some hero, like because we're forced to stay in the event hotel, shit like that. He wanted to like. Sue them over some monopoly stuff, or like some type of yeah. you know racketeer like racketeering charges or something. Because we can't stand make our own accommodations, or we have to pay fines if we don't stay in a hotel. Which I've stayed in Airbnbs and shit, and I've never paid a fine. It's just all bunch of bullshit yeah. paper, you know, stuff on paper, but it's not actually enforced. But um. You know, the way that the IPF pretty much shunned that lawsuit away was, like, this guy's a fucking pervert. <laughs> it's pretty funny because, like, the IPF was, like, this guy sucks. He's a pervert. Like, I guess it's legal in Australia, but he, like, runs brothels. What? Like he's, yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, his wife. Like, you can look this that's up. True? It's all public information. Yeah, that's 100% true. His wife owns, I think they're in her name, but they're married. Um, they own a couple of brothels across Australia, and it's a perfectly legal business there. Like, the whole service like game of thrones style dude yeah wow that's crazy <laughs> not just yeah, so not like, just a
0: wax but the whole car wash the whole the whole kit and caboodle man wow that's crazy i didn't know that shit was yeah, power, was things,
1: good. power of things power of things i mean not power of things, australia must be a wild land that's you what know, kind of I like the control. land of texas
0: it, it seemed like it. they're, they're got, all locked you can down do a lot now. of things in
2: texas you can't you can't do that in texas you can do anything in texas you got a gun that's
1: yeah. But just... <laughs> well, anyway, I just think that, you know, and a lot of people have said this guy's cream cones, like in the coach's <laughs> box. Shit like that. <laughs> and like he's just a weird, quirky guy. He kinda I guess he wants to kind of this persona of maybe he's just like this Bill Belichick character, like just sucking on ice cream cones, wearing like carpenter jeans or Walmart khakis and 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 hoodies and shit. He's kind of just oh. like a shitty looking guy. But like okay so like your family you know there's these businesses of prostitution legal or not in your family and then you're coaching 20 year old you know 18 to 22 year old girls and then you're also like having sexual relationships you know but whatever it's his business outside his marriage or not you know but
0: what's the rule divide by divide by two and add seven is that the rule
1: I was told this rule is very misogynistic, but it's uh, half your age plus seven is if if she's too young for you.
0: Oh, of anybody, right? It should be for it should well, it way. should be
1: for for women. That's what we said. I forgot who we were talking to, but we were like, it's not because if you're like a you know a hot older lady, you know you have to abide by this rule. You can't just. Uh, you know, it's creepy. You're having sex with an 18 year old Yeah, that's creepy too. Looking, but maybe, maybe a 30 year old man is within your rules. So you know, if Robert is 67. It's all it's all ageist, okay? That's all ageist now. He's okay? way he's way off, okay? Half of 67 <laughs> plus seven is 40.
0: Yeah, that's so. A 40 year old woman,
1: a 40 year old woman is a young score for him, right? And it's it's not. It wouldn't be weird where you have to be like this guy sucks, but you know. Um, sounds like a weirdo fucking perverts, man. And I I know it's like, I'm like a, you know, I say this all the time, but the it's, it's in all sports, obviously you can tell, you know, gymnastics. I was recently, um, reading a lot of stuff because it was a girl that we actually went to college with. I don't know if you knew her. I, she was kind of my age or she was, she was a friend of an ex-girlfriend I had in college who was a year older than me. And, um, she was a really good American up and coming American weightlifter went to Pan Am really good American up and coming American weightlifter went to Pan Ams and was raped. Uh, like kind of like the last night the team was there, everybody got drunk and she was oh, drunk in the room.
0: I've heard about this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And she actually went to Northeastern. I knew her pretty well. Um, Pat Lee's good friends with her. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, probably why me. you heard about this, Yeah, but like safe sport totally fucked it up just like didn't uphold the suspension and stuff and like it was you know text and stuff it was, it was like pretty obvious that what happened happened and it's just like so there's you have weightlifting you have gymnastics and I mean I've said it a million times about powerlifting the same shit is going on in powerlifting it's fucking disgusting and I just like people need to step up and talk about these people like the fact that Wilkes has been like heading up Coaching and heading up the Fed in Australia for 40 years. And the fact that we all like will Score was like the gold standard for 35 years in powerlifting. Yep. Um, it's fucking pathetic that no one in Australia has ever like outed this guy and they all worshiped him. But I mean,